Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. I hope you're feeling fine because today is a good day. Uh, Let's see. It's second day of Lent. Lent. L-E-N-T. Not Lent. Lent. L-I-N-T. Lent. 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 All right. Uh, if you're if you're practicing Lent, giving something up for the next six weeks for Jesus, uh, all power to you. Now, I pray for you. I hope you have all the willpower in the world to uh, to abstain from whatever it is you are abstaining from. Uh, I'm not going to share mine. The Bible says Jesus says in the Bible when you're fasting and he's specifically talk about eating. But Lent, you're, you're giving something up. It's a form of a fast. You're fasting from something. Some people may be food, maybe sugar, maybe, and maybe you're going full blown. You're not eating at all in the day. You know, there's just different, there's different ways to go about it, but I'm giving up something for the next six weeks. And you know, all, all, all prayers be to you that you can do it too. But Jesus said, uh, uh, don't tell people. He said, don't tell people. He said he would take people out perform a miracle on them and be like, hey, don't tell nobody about this. And they just go be blabbermouths running their damn mouths because that's what people do. You can't trust nobody with anything. All right. But so he says, rub your face with oil when you're fasting. All right. Let yourself shine. Stand up tall. You know, be you. Go go do all the same things that you have done. So I'm not telling anybody what I'm what I'm abstaining from. I'll, I'll let that out in due time. Uh, feel like I got a lot of secrets like right now. Don't know what these business ventures are. Just know I'm in an entrepreneurial spirit, working towards building myself more time to focus on God, my family, and myself. Just uh, as well as all my relationships. I'm taking the next. I'm taking this year to limit my thoughts. All right. I'm always deep in thought, wondering about people, why people do, and I'm some type of an empath. I really feel hard. Uh, when people go through situations, like there's this little girl in my, uh, my son's daycare class and she's getting violent, scratching, biting multiple kids every single day. And it got to a a point like Mrs. Rain's upset and and I'm just like, I feel really bad for her situation because whatever it was, all of a sudden one day there, there was her mother dropping her off in pajamas every day. I'm trying to spare judgment, right? But it is an improper presentation of yourself to society to wear pajama pants out in public. All right. It's not that kind of party. I don't like I'm and there's a couple parents that do it. And I'm just wondering, what is your job? Like what 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 is happening here? And I don't know. And I'm I don't want to judge anybody. Maybe they work the night shift. 
that's that's what it is. They had to wake up to take their kid to daycare, and that being a possibility, you know, I don't feel any type of way about it. But it is an it is an odd way to present yourself uh, to the public. Anyways, the mother is no longer dropping this little girl off. The grandparents are now dropping this little girl off, and it was a really just a kind of an overnight switch. So the mother's incapable of at a minimum dropping her kid off, but I think she got the kid taken away and the kid's now living with the grandparents. And I really feel for that situation. I under as immediately when I see anyone acting out, I have this understanding that it's not, they're not acting out about that current moment, generally speaking. I mean, yeah, there, people can flare up. Maybe there's an incident that happens. You need to defend to protect your household or something like that. I'm not talking about individual, like actually root cause you can pinpoint in the moment. Generally speaking, there's a lot of things that build up in people's lives and that will come out at the wrong time or at a different time or towards the wrong person. And that's, and I really feel that. And I feel for that family. I feel for those grandparents. At the same time, you can't be violent in school. So the little girl needs to be taken out of the school. And the sad part about that, like for just the, the betterment and safety of all the other kids, then that's where I start to feel and get hurt. Like, dang, then what happens? Right? She can't go to school. That impacts the grandparents going to work. Who knows what's up with the parents? Right? So what? how do you balance that situation? How do you balance that as a daycare, daycare provider? How do you balance that as a family? Right? So those are the type of things that I take in and try to just do life differently. Right. There's generational things that are going to die with me. They stop here. Things that there were pains put on me, even into my 30s. My parents were sharing things with me that caused pain from my way back. Things that they should have kept to themselves. Things that didn't help make sense of anything. Right. So there's certain things, there's certain growing pains that everybody goes through, no doubt. But when you think of being a parent, and affecting somebody's life in such a strong way, uh, I take that very seriously. Very, very, very seriously as my most important mission. It's part of what God put me on this earth to do. I know, and I, like I was telling Desi on the last podcast, I prophesied having two sons. That was the only way I could make the universe make sense to me was that it would find balance within me, through me, by giving me two sons to right the wrongs of generations past, all right? And that's on both my wife's lineage and my lineage. We both are in this doing things very, very differently. You know, I saw a little kid jacking off in public recently, and I guess there's some type of conventional knowledge out there shared by whom I do not fucking know that says, oh, you just let them do that when they're that young of age. It was a toddler. And for, for let me, let me, toddlers do masturbate. Okay, first of all, all right, there was a viral video within the last year that people had all types of things to say about it. Like, you can't teach kids how to masturbate. Like, that's wrong. That was not what was happening in that video. It was this cartoon video explaining to kids. And the, the people took real offense because they were teaching it to like second graders or first graders or something like that. It could have even been kindergarten. It was very early, early elementary age. All right, so younger than 10. I remember getting sex ed in fifth grade, and that was kind of the normal thing throughout the 90s. I went to six different elementary schools. Like, you get sex ed in fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade, and then into high school as well. But introduction 
uh, is in fifth grade before you leave elementary school because you're already having, you know, hair pop up. You're starting to smell, starting to use deodorant. All right. Your nuts are dropping. Voices are changing for some of us. And that's where sex ed comes in. Now, this one was about masturbation and how you, if you're going to masturbate, you know, this is, these are your parts, but you need to do it in your room. All right. And I don't know it, it, it you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I had an early masturbator, right? And as, as soon as he started to talk, as soon as Big G was doing that, the first time I was like, oh, ho- hey, man, stop doing that. Second time, it was very obvious. He liked how it felt. He's going to keep doing this. Okay. Hey, bud, you got to go in your room. You cannot do that out here. You need to do that in your room. So like, there's early masturbators and you need to parent that. But there's some conventional wisdom that says you ignore it and let it happen and they grow out of it. I don't understand that sentiment that is lazy parenting. You don't want to parent your kids so you just let it happen. What the, we don't masturbate in public. No, in nowhere, in no society is that acceptable. Anyway, you can't just start playing with yourself. So I have a real, real big problem with lazy parenting. All right, I can't stand it. I can't remember where where I started with that parenting, but just but but doing the right thing, always doing the right thing, especially in the context of of parenting, uh, generational pain, things that stop with me. I can't remember how I veered off. My apologies. I, I'll catch it if I if I re-listen and be like, oh yeah, I was gonna say that, but I'm here with no notes, just out here free balling it. But yeah, parent parent your families and stop generational trends. I was listening to Pastor Michael Todd speak just, it was his last Sunday sermon, but I was listening to it today. I finished it today, but he was mentioning how, uh, you know, you have no justification sometimes for hitting your kid and then you don't want to speak to them after and expect them to come down and just sit at the table and eat dinner with you. Like they might, that that's not an If you're going to take that route as a parent, you then need to have a follow on conversation with your child on what happened and why. And I would even go as far to say as somebody who has spanked, who does not spank anymore, but I've spanked both of my sons twice. I think they've both got two spankings and I didn't like how it made me feel. I didn't like how it made them feel, but we talked about it before and after. Okay, and there was no anger involved. I think that's kind of the most current like psychology on it is if you're going to spank your kids, one, you don't do it out of anger, all right? You do it if they're being willfully disobedient. So they absolutely did something they knew they were not supposed to do. And you can argue that a two-year-old has no concept of that. So you should never spank a kid that young. Um, my philosophy would be if you're going to spank, do it in the appropriate manner for those reasons and in the fashion that I just stated. But do it when they are below the age of four, below the age of three and a half. So that two and a half to three and a half, I think you only have that year, year and a half window to spank and it, it, to me, it's kind of psychological, and I'm open for debate, open for disagreement, open for anybody sending me anything to shut this down. But like I said, I don't spank. But if you're going to, I think it's important to do it at an age in which they won't remember. However, the impact of authority will still be left, if that makes sense. Uh, I got a couple. I got a, a deeper 
notion, a thesis on that as well, considering uh, concerning death, uh, death of a family member and having that in close proximity. So and, and have your family, your kids go through that at a very early age. That way they're ready. They're prepared. They're equipped. They can now move on in life. Uh, the earlier you can have your kids intimately witness death as, as close as possible will better prepare them in the rest of their relationships in life and also give them a firm grasp that death is coming. Death is real. It is guaranteed you are going to die. And I feel like societally, we have a little bit of a, an issue uh, surrounding death and the comfortability around death. And we've had a lot of death since 2020. I mean, more like there's been a fuck ton. There's a fuck ton of death every Every sing, every every second of every minute, every minute of every hour, every hour of every day, every day of every month, every month of every year, there's death. There's nonstop death. And why we try to hide from that and not share feelings and grieve with the lights off, with alcohol alone in our residences, I don't get that. I feel, I talked about this before, early on in the podcast, but grieve and grieve openly and grieve, I, don't, I was going to say publicly, but not necessarily publicly publicly, but open with your inner circle and have that inner circle, right? Have those people you lean on, you rely on, you trust, you know, to share things that are helping you progress in life. You are an average of the five people you spend the most time with, all right? You'll be right in the middle of the bank account. You'll be right in the middle of the lifestyle. You'll be right in the middle uh, of what you have to offer. So, Make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right crew. And that may have to be changing depending on how you change throughout life. Okay. So that's that's that. Uh, that was just a little rant. I, I, what I actually wanted to talk about, I heard this quote the other day. I, I, and I have no idea. So what we do uh, business-wise, we go around and we share thoughts, sentiments, and ideas, uh, and quotes sometimes come up. And a quote that was, that was told to me was, uh, ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. And that made me perk up. That made me think. That made me think for days. Immediate disagreeal. Long-term disagreeal from my perspective. I have not heard a worse. Uh, I don't know if that was meant for motivation, inspiration. I don't know if that was meant. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't understand. And I don't know the context of which that came. Ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. Maybe if your household is under direct attack, if you're in the Ukraine right now, God bless all those in the Ukraine, all those civilians defending their homes, defending their land, defending their nation. I'm with you. All right. Let's everybody should. I hope you're keeping your eyes on this. This is a very different situation than the United States occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan for like 20 years. Significantly different. This is more akin to Hitler invading Poland in the 30s. Right. So kind of. Just a lot going on, a lot going on in the world. But so if you're in that situation, yeah, ignorance on fire, yeah, for sure. You just you need to defend your yourself, your family. You know, there, there's a well, there's all kinds of stuff going on over there. So yes, in that context, for sure. In general, day to day context, now that is probably some of the worst 
that is the worst sentiment maybe that I have ever heard. Ignorance on fire, it starts wars. It starts conflict. All right. It, you don't know what you're doing, what you're talking about. It that causes problems. That causes that can cause generational problems. All right. That is an incorrect and quite frankly a fucked up sentiment to even think that running around ignorantly doing whatever you want is acceptable. That's like wearing pajamas to drop your kid off at daycare. All right. That's foolish. And one thing I'm not is a fool. I'm many things. I'm many things that can be argued as that's bad. But one thing nobody will ever be able to argue is that I am a fool. All right. And running around ignorantly, uh, flexing your will, ignorantly speaking your mind, ignorantly getting involved in relationships, Ignorantly removing yourself from relationships is terrible. It's terrible. I think that's all I have to say about that. Knowledge on, well, I guess the flip with the, the other half of that, knowledge on ice. It's better than knowledge on ice. No, I would much, much rather, there's an old, there's an adage, it's uh, something to the effect of better to remain silent and have everyone believe you be a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. That's what running around ignorantly is. You're just proving to people that you're a fool. All right? There's no, there's, you can't follow that. One thing about being a leader, you have to know how to follow. But being a leader, you need to create more leaders. And you can't do that with ignorance. You can do that with knowledge on ice. You can have all kinds of things. I know so many things. So many things about so many things. But it's not applicable to any given situation. So generally, most of my knowledge is on ice in any given context of scenarios. Right? So, yes, I know how to, how to do this. But that is not pertinent to now. So that's on ice. But guess what? I also know how to do this. So we're not going to attack this ignorantly. You need to have knowledge on fire and knowledge on ice. Just write that down. I'll go back. I'm going to forget that or something, but I should, I should write that down right now too. I'll catch it on the notes. I think that's it. I think this is just going to be a quick one. I wanted to drop in. I wanted to say what's up. I wanted to wish everybody well wishes. If you went out for Ash Wednesday yesterday and caught a, a, a religious sermon or a, a mass, uh, I hope Lent is beginning well for you. I pray for you're able to abstain from whatever you're abstaining for, for the love of, of Jesus. I, I am participating in Lent this year. It's actually my first one, so I figured I would do it big. So during Lent, generally for six weeks, people will abstain from something that it's either bad for them or, or something that they just have a relationship with that they love. You know, sugar, a lot of people use that. Uh, dietary stuff, um, quitting smoking, a lot of people use to kick off, uh, a myriad of things, whatever you're into, if you feel like it could possibly be a negative relationship with between you and that substance or situation, you might need to take a step back and really glance, uh, analyze that and take a glance in inward at what you're doing with your with your life and just always be continually reanalyzing and recalibrating uh, your situations. So, uh, but he says, in the, Jesus says in the Bible, when you're fasting, don't go telling everybody that you're fasting. You know, that's between you and God. You don't, that's not for everybody. In fact, don't even let people see your face is a little bit famished. You know, put oil on your face, 
right? That'll that'll liven you up. That'll tighten the skin up. That'll make you know your your cheeks you know feel bright. You know, make it make you look fed, right? So don't go. So I'm not sharing with what I'm doing at length. I'm maybe I'll bring it out in six weeks, uh, but probably not. And I don't know what I'm gonna do next year if I'm gonna do this next year. But this is I've been I grew up a Christian, had a few years out of the away from the church, and while I'm not back involved in a church. I am taking Christianity very serious right now. Very serious. It is at the very forefront of my life, and there is nothing more important. All right? And the gospel says uh, somebody's uh, trying to catch Jesus up in his words. And, all right, Jesus, what's, uh, what's the most important of the, of the commandments? And Jesus he says, what do you think the most important of the commandments are? And homie's like, well, God first, honor and honor your parents. And then in the gospel of Luke, it throws in... Um, don't covet your neighbor's possessions. Something to that effect, I might be paraphrasing. Uh, but nonetheless, God first. So that's what I'm doing. I'm putting God first, really trying to limit my thinking, allow the word of God to think for me, through me, with me, because here is holy. I'm going to get up out of here. Yeah. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet. Hug your loved ones. Grab a hold of the devil in your soul. Keep it close, where she at, where she go. I might just need her case, they coming at my throat. And always cool because I'm coming from the cold. I'm a smooth Mac Daddy and I got some pimp game. Take a listen, that's why you came. And ask my brother, and when it comes, I never changed. You know you want it Ain't nothing wrong with trying to get like me But you'll probably never get like me Cause nobody talk that shit like me That shit like me You know you want it Dancing Way up on a rain cloud Can you feel me from the other side? Make me never want to come down Ain't nothing wrong with trying to get like me But you'll probably never get like me Cause nobody talk that shit like me Grab a hold of the devil in your soul Keep her close where she at, where she go I might just need a case they coming at my throat And always cool because I'm coming from the cold I'm a smooth Mac Daddy and I got some pimp game Take a listen, that's why you came And that's my brother, I never changed you know you want it.